7: Today is Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, activists are calling for the Metro police officer who tasered a black man to be fired. We'll talk to the woman who shot the video. Also, folks, uh, always, always a crazy story. A former slave is set to become the first black saint in the Catholic Church. We'll talk to the head of the Knights of Peter Claver, largest black Catholic organization in the world, about that. A Donald Trump tax cut meant to help the poor folks helps a billionaire win big. I told y'all to watch those Opportunity Zones. ProPublica broke down what took place in Maryland with the CEO of Under Armour. We'll talk to the reporter who worked on the case. Also, are we shocked about this here? The cop who says that the general manager, the black GM of the Toronto Raptors assaulted him, causing him to get a concussion. His ass lied. The cops now admit at the Toronto Raptors president did not push him first, no shock when he had 18,000 people in a stadium who also saw what happened. A Chicago police released video of Jesse Smollett wearing a noose around his neck. And I have some critical words for Bill O'Reilly. Sean y'all realize that this crazy-ass fool actually said America was not created by racists? And he supposedly writes history books. Oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. It's time to bring the funk a little more unfiltered. Let's go. the only way we're going to hold these police accountable for the crazy actions they take which i gotta do me a favor i keep telling y'all shoot the video this way so we can feel the whole screen i'm just saying all right folks we talked about of course uh, what took place here in washington dc with the metro police officers when basic conversation was going just fine then one cop was roll up losing his damn mind pushes a black man ends up tasing him they've now dropped the charges against that black man but i want to go ahead and show you the video again and again for some of you who are triggered by these videos you can turn away and then come back for the conversation but this took place just a few days ago here in the nation's capital which some people affectionately call chocolate city
2: my name is Schmidt, you mind if, I say, mind if I stay here with you for a little bit, because I want to make sure that y'all by this camera. care of, okay? I'm not putting you on camera at all, I'm not putting you on camera at all. I just want to make sure that y'all are right, all right? Because I see them looking at y'all, and what I'm not about to do is have none of y'all get hurt right now, all right? So my name is Shamir, we're gonna stay right here. And we're gonna make sure that everybody's taken care of, okay? What I don't want is one of these colonizers trying to get on y'all about some shit, because then I'm gonna have to go off and I ain't got my nails done, alright? So we're gonna calm down real quick. Alright, alright, whoa, 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 he's alright.
7: Joining us right now is Shamir Jones, the woman who actually shot that video. And also joining us is Nini Tay. She's the lead organizer for Black Lives Matter DC. Glad to have both of you on in my Unfiltered. Thank you. Thank you. All right, have you got your nails done?
2: No. I okay, haven't. when I first
7: saw the video, I said, did she actually just say, oh, I didn't get my nails done? I needed to be prepared, and I wasn't prepared, but I knew I needed
2: to protect those babies. So,
7: <laughs> so walk us through before. So, what happened? So, you were, you were riding the subway, and then. So, walk us through what happened.
2: Honestly, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was on the green line at PG, took the wrong platform, and ended up going to College Park, and I said, well, I'm already out. Let's do some self-care, maybe go to the park maybe flirt with somebody, get a cookie or something in DC. <laughs> so I get on the train and I go back and I say, cause I live in Tacoma. So I pass my station and I go all the way to U street. And the minute the doors open and they say doors opening, I literally walk out onto the platform and I bump right into the transit police officer. And it's two officers. One of them has his knee in the back between the shoulder blades of the 13 year old little boy that you see in the video with the black shirt that's handcuffed. So his hands are behind his back. The other officer is pressing his face down into the cement Meant, and baby boy is just huffing and puffing. You can tell that he's like trying not to physically break it. He's just trying to breathe because it's too much weight that's on his body. And so I look up really quick. I see the other two little boys that are in the corner screaming. I see Tepiwa, the gentleman that got um, tased. I see him kind of like, hey guys, I got it. I'm gonna talk to the officers. We're gonna let them know it wasn't you. And that's when I kind of just like dropped down like right on my chest, like hands down. And I said, baby boy, I need you to blink twice if you're struggling to breathe. And he just kept blinking and blinking at me. I asked him to blink twice if he was under 18, he just kept blinking, and then I heard the officer start calling for backup, and when the other boys heard backup was coming, that's when they just started, you could just feel their fear. It was very, very palpable. You could feel the shift on the platform because we all recognized that something was getting ready to happen, and so I just started assessing the perimeter, like what's going on, who's here, who has their phone out, where's an adult, where's a guardian, and so once I realized that TAPIWA, kind of once they shifted the first little boy and They moved him onto the stool. Once I noticed that he kind of had that under control, he was talking to the officers, I immediately went over to the other two boys. And that's where you hear me in the video, just trying to get their information. I figured if we die, we're all going to die. And somebody's going to know your name. Somebody's going to know where to find you. Somebody's going to know what happened today. And so my first instinct was just Facebook Live. I don't have to use my hands. I don't, like, everybody's going to see it. It's public. I don't have to filter this. And literally, it was just my family, my friends, what's going on? Where are you? And I just kept recording
7: recording. Uh, Henry roll the video again pull the audio down please and so because I want to walk us through so when we're watching this video um, and I I know you're having to deal with this again so so right now we see there's a young man sitting on the bench. That's
2: the one I ran into initially that was on the
7: ground. So initially you ran into him he was on the ground Mm -hmm. and then they sat up on the bench. Yes. Okay and so um uh the brother who was talking to them Um, how did he enter the picture? How how did he,
2: so say they're train A, I'm train B on the other side of the platform. There's maybe about a three minute difference between when they arrived and this initially started from when I actually exit, um, onto the platform. So he was already there letting the police officers know, as well as about four other eyewitnesses. These are not the boys that you all are looking for. We just got off the train with them. So, so, so,
7: so right there. So they were. So what why did they stop them? They were looking for So
2: what an officer told me about an hour and a half into this whole situation was that they received a phone call saying that a group of African American teens were on the trains and the platform using fireworks. They did not say sticks, mm-hmm. they said fireworks. And he said that they were using the fireworks at the passengers. So I asked the officer where did the call come from? And he pointed down to the exit by Cordozo. But we were all at 13th and V exit. And I said, Sir, that's about a four block walk outside. So how do we get from one side of the platform to the other where mm-hmm. apparently the crime like, committed? I said, how many how many teens were there? Because this is only three. So this is the triad. It's the threesome. This is a group like this. This isn't that group that you're talking about. Where are the smoke alarms? Where's the residue? Did you ask them to empty their pockets? Are there are there any lighters, any matches? Where's the person that got hurt? Where are the other passengers that were on the train that apparently saw this as well? Where are the cameras? Why is no? Where, where are the guardians? Where are the parents? They're 13. They, they
7: just snatched three three young black men. Mm-hmm. Three and, young black kids. And and then when this and so again, I want you, I want you to cue the video, please. I need I need to walk. So, for folks who are watching, I'm trying. I'm trying to establish. We did this yesterday, walking people through. So freeze it right there, Henry. Freeze it right there. So this conversation,
3: mm-hmm.
7: we really can't hear him talk to the officer. Mm-hmm. Is it a calm conversation? Yes. Because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing. I'm not seeing that those two officers upset, mad. Uh, you can uh, uh, roll it, please. Roll a video. At one point, you will see the officer on the right. I think he'll tap the, tap the young he brother. Touches, he touches the boy on, on his you? shoulder. Mm-hmm. You can tell I guess he's asking are you okay or something like He pats him. Stop. And so you're standing there watching it. Yes. And again, the conversation calm, is calm. Calm.
2: We're finally we're finally getting some type of understanding.
7: And you th- and you think as you are uh watching this Henry uh now pl- bring audio up. Bring audio up. Now press play
2: because then I'm going to have to go off and I ain't got my nails done, all
3: right? So you are going to calm down real quick. Stop, stop.
7: So we see the officer on the right. I see him hold his hand up, mm-hmm. like, you know, okay. All, then all of a sudden, this guy from the right, just comes in.
2: Oh, Captain Planet. Yeah.
7: He's a captain.
2: No, that's what I call him in my head because I couldn't no, find that. Gotcha. Right. Okay, sure. mean, no, no, so,
7: so, yeah. i So, w- w- so was he on the scene, in it like uh no. near there? So yes. you're recording. So you didn't even see him coming no. to your right.
2: No. I think you can hear me in a different audio that I have. I think I call him Sonish the Hedgehog. You did. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, you said it was one. so fast. Like I when people was speaking with the officers and the little boy that's sitting there. So first
7: panel, of all, the gentleman who they stopped, had you known him before this? No. Okay. I know
2: no one on the platform.
7: Got it. Okay, go ahead
2: none of them to doesn't even know the children none of us knew any of you got it got it so when I recognize that he's sitting and he's talking with the little boy and the police officer seem calm and there's also another black brother that's recording it I said okay maybe this is a little bit safer let me go make sure that the other two babies are good and that's when I started engaging trying to get information talking to the other eyewitnesses what's going on because I'm thinking what do I need to tell his mother when she finds out mm-hmm. that something's happening to her child so I'm trying to get all this information and just kind of calm them down because I see more officers coming down from my left-hand side because remember they called for backup so I see another five officers descending the escalator the trains are still operating people are still moving on and off the platform and they're still coming down and that's why I tell the boys all right guys you have every right to be upset you have every right to be pissed you have every right to want to curse you have every right to feel with your feeling mm-hmm. but however knowing what I know right about our police system and our justice system as a whole just America in general the minute they hear your voice, they've already seen your color. The minute they hear your voice, you're a threat.
7: And once, once, you, and that's it. Once you have a little bass, all of a sudden it's a whole and different deal.
2: And I've got a smoker's voice, so I had to be aware of that too. I'm tattooed. I've got locks. I've got a head wrap on. I'm the only female that's on this platform right now. If you see me as a threat, then who's going to protect these babies?
7: Henry, uh, so now I, I want, so I want to play it and again, I know it's difficult for you to watch, uh, but play it again. Uh, audio, um, keep audio up. I'm also going to narrate over it. So this officer, he immediately comes in. He's laying hands.
2: Completely. Completely. Uh,
7: And what gets me is...
2: And you see the push. There's no balled up. There's nothing. There's no aggressive body language. You see?
7: Now, stop, 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 Henry. Stop, stop. So you see see the cop right there in the middle. Yes. So what he did was, folks, he motioned to the other officer who's in the white to... Come right here. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, not at any point if those two, frankly, go to the officer and say, yo, man, calm down. Oh. I need you to chill. We got it under control. This guy on the right yep. comes in and immediately escalates That's this whole situation. Yep. Go ahead and play it, Henry. You circle Bam. by to get a different it's angle. Not now there. you're seeing now you're seeing him uh tasing and brother down. does not appear to be move on the taser, no. then all of a sudden now We're they take there. him. They take that him to the ground. He's tasing him again. He tells you to back up.
2: Cause I was on him. I don't even remember how quickly I got over there, but I just said, "Somebody grab these babies," and I mm-hmm. ran over to him. Stop, 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 stop. And this is the part where he almost rolls over off the platform. Mind you, the trains are running every three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. He can't fucking move. He's down. Leave him.
7: Mm-hmm. Going so, Nini, I want to bring you in yeah. because again, this is just this to me. This is just very basic. Mm-hmm. You have two officers who are having a conversation with this brother, mm-hmm. and it's calm. Cop comes in, young cop, young white cop comes in, mm-hmm. immediately escalates the situation, and it goes. From a simple, calm conversation mm-hmm. to now, tasers out, takedown, and we remember what took place in Oklahoma when they had a dr- they had uh, some kind of drug sting, whatever, and the brother took off, and when three or four officers held him to the ground, some reserve cop who was like 70 years old mm-hmm. pulls his gun out, and, oh, I thought I pulled my taser
6: out, and he shot and killed the brother. Mm-hmm. That literally could have happened right here. Exactly. Completely. Easy. Easy. Um... Right now in D.C., um, the black community is being attacked. We're at war. We're literally at war with with, metro, with transit police and MPD. They're t- they're being trained now to use military tactics on the black community. In the poor communities, they're literally being trained now to, lose, to use military tactics on us. And anytime there's something where they feel that they, that they're at fault, it's going to escalate. It's going to escalate because they have to have a reason for their actions, mm-hmm. just like with the statement. Um, when Shamir reached out to me, and I was like, she told me it was okay to share the video on our platform, mm-hmm. and I I spoke with Shamir, and she was telling me the story. And I was like, no, this is not, this can't happen, and that's when I got in touch with the different councilmen, Black Lives Matter, because we have a rapport with the councilmen, even though we feel that like they're not doing enough when it comes to. Transit police, nor MPD. Transit police has no oversight in D.C. That's the problem. So for us, Black Lives Matter, we were part of decriminalizing just for the black kids not to get locked up for not being able to pay the fare on the bus. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with transit police is not new to us. So now there's another way to criminalize our black children. Now they can't stop them for not having 50 cents or a dollar to get on the bus. So now they just... They, the littlest thing they do now is to criminalize black kids, especially when there's a gang of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, just like she just said, I don't know what, I guess, walking while being black. I don't even know if it was. Right. A, just breathing. Breathe, walking Kids walking while being black because I don't even know if it was a call. So that's what we want to know. Let us hear the tape. Yep. Let us hear the call with someone complaining about some kids in the metro letting letting. letting Letting
7: off fireworks. Well, well, we've actually run a number of these videos on this show, and there have been other examples where black person involved was not uh, even involved in it. Mm-hmm. They're being detained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cop says, "Well, no, we're just, we know we, we, we're just checking. Uh, we're just." We, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. Why are you detaining me? Exactly. Uh, the case out of uh, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, where the brother was in his front yard, and then the cop said, "Oh, you um, you had a uh, 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 as a warrant out in Louisiana." He's like, "Wait, a minute, hold up! I ain't even I ain't even never been to Louisiana." It's and real. his wife is sitting there, and again, it's as if he's being detained while you were trying to check something out, and it's like, "Wait, a minute, hold up! How did you? so? What it goes to? How did you even get to the point of stopping those young men? Like, like what specifically was it?" So what you're saying is, let's hear something so I can hear clothing that match mm-hmm. or something, something. something. Otherwise, you just have to snatch three black boys and say, okay, we're just going to hold y'all and see uh, if all of a sudden uh, it all matches up. And what we also know is, while we while we're doing this, we're running your names.
6: Exactly. But at the same time, it was a call for backup. For what? Everything was de-escalated and we're talking. They're talking to the kids. Everything's calm. Why call for... She told me 10 or 20 more cops came to the scene. Wow. wow. And there were for, at least four... Was it three, three black kids?
2: Four, there were at least four, maybe five squad cars up on the top platform of U Street by the time we got out and I just kept telling the officers like their mama's not here so until their mama shows up I'm their mama and you don't talk to them they don't leave two feet away from me Mm -hmm. I told those boys I told I grabbed two I don't remember who these black girls are but I just thanked them so much they were recording and I said I need y'all to watch these babies for me I said nobody talks to them except for me I said when I come back over here that's when you let them go sit on them feed them do what you got to do sumo wrestle these boys down but none of these cops put their hands on Mm -hmm. them and they said okay Okay, and then that's when I went back over and we're just trying to figure out what's going on The whole issue is we were asking questions Mm -hmm. and that's what was making me so frustrated about it Not just all the people that were just looking around like everybody's so excited on Twitter about about Ava's documentary about when they see us And the exonerated five and we almost just had a Central Park three That's what we just had here Mm -hmm. and everyone's oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Something's happening. Let me get on the train Let me go. And a part of me doesn't even want to fault them for it because I hesitated Mm -hmm. when I got off that train because I've got bills. I'm a poor black single woman too. I've got two college degrees that I've got to pay off. All these things are playing through my head. What am I going to tell my job when I'm locked up and I don't have no bail money? Mm -hmm. and then you get fired because
7: they the fact of the matter is and that's the reality at one point when you step forward and the cop says i need you to back up Mm -hmm. we've seen other instances that again we ran a video Mm -hmm. where a brother was driving the brother was in the car was recording and then all of a sudden they snatched this brother out of the car Mm -hmm. and come around and arrest the brother Who's recording, who who absolutely did nothing. Yes, and and we know how they treat black women. We know how they treat
2: black bodies in general. What about the sister that was getting getting tackled by the officers and her body parts and everything all exposed? I was very aware of the fact that I was a black woman Mm -hmm. on that platform by myself. I have to be aware. It's 2019. I've got to live that every day. But I also have to be aware of you... Like, I'm a foster kid back from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I know the sounds of having your kids or your siblings snatched away from you. I know what that pain sounds like. I know what that feels like in your spirit. And there was no way even after my hesitation, there was no way after hearing those two boys, like, in the back just let my brother go, let him go, let mm-hmm. him go. Mm-hmm. There was no way that I was going to let that happen because that took me back to where I was when I'm just begging and pleading for just a conversation, just an answer, just tell me what's happening so that way I can act upon. Accordingly. and it was what, what i had wanted somebody to do for my baby i don't even have kids but my womb was just clenching mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in fear just then because i knew we were dying there wasn't a doubt there wasn't a question there wasn't a i hope this doesn't turn out some way it was let me get on video let me say my name let me get these boys names right. because we're getting ready to die and, and all I, of these people are going to witness it
6: and the reality is this is why we encourage people to to video and to put. we have to protect ourselves we right. keep us yep. safe and people always say, "Only thing that Black Lives Matter do is hold up a camera or tell people to video, video all these videos." That's what's keeping them safe. I can assure you, if Shamir wouldn't had done what she done, those were the court. It was a ninety percent chance those were the kids would have been the kids that they arrested, mm-hmm. held them, and made up stories because the police are trained to lie. Clearly, by the statement that the chief of police made, everything that in that statement was a lie was a total lie. And so therefore, her videoing and taking that time out, and this is why we ask people in DC, we we beg you guys, even if you have to stand back, please video the police right now, because the police are not keeping black people safe in marginalized communities. Their job is to protect property and get us out of here and build wealth in DC. The
7: three young the three young boys, what happened?
2: Their home, I stayed the entire time. I and, wasn't and, video and they
7: were not I wasn't the ones the ones They watched was
2: video and they were not involved at all. Mm-hmm. But if the police had So now listened, you have three
7: young boys
2: traumatized who had
7: to go through a traumatic experience. Yes. Something they never did.
2: Yep. And that's what they were saying. That's what eyewitnesses were saying. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone was saying. We're just trying to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that isn't that what all these presidential Democratic candidates are talking about? To have these town halls. Let's get to talking to the community. Let's see what they need from us. Let's do police reform. Mm-hmm. And then literally the public is trying to do that. Yep. Actively. I was trying to do that with you. I'm not even a D.C. resident. I'm trying to talk to you. And you decided that you wanted to escalate the
7: situation. Yes. And the brother who got tased charges dropped. Charters
6: dropped. Um, yes, Charters dropped two days they're, actually, they're actually in touch in, with us after, was, after two days. He was, he was
7: in, in for two, two days. days.
6: Two days. Two, they kept him from Saturday. He didn't get released to Monday at one o'clock with with everybody calling and the council. And I'm sure on Instagram. they saw it and they didn't want that smoke.
7: But see, this is also to your point when you hesitated mm-hmm. th- that when these things happen, It's why folks also are afraid to step in and intervene.
2: Completely. Because
7: because I don't want to spend two days in jail. I don't want to somehow get roped in. So you know what?
6: I don't want to die. And Jamal, that's y'all. I don't want to die. Right. And the reality is that it's, you know, you have to make that call, right? Mm -hmm. I do this work because Harriet Tubman did it for me. Mm -hmm. I do this work because Rosa Parks did the work, right? Someone got to do the work to get us free, to get us liberated. And so therefore, if that's not what you can do, like I just said, you don't even have to stand close. A video speaks louder than right. than a statement.
7: You know what I mean. Final comment, Shamir, You clearly um, are still bothered by this. I can see you. Trim- oh, yeah. I can see you trembling right here.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually trying to get her some therapy, but we're trying to raise funds now. And I shared her her Cash App on Twitter because mm-hmm. she needs. She had to process this, and she had to process it with someone with with, with a professional because. I was just telling her, far as far as Black Lives Matter, we do this work, but we do healing. We right. have therapists. And so right now we're in a process where we do have one of our healers that's going to speak with her because she's traumatized by this. She's traumatized. So we're really trying to get her uh, therapist to, to process this work for her.
7: Go go ahead, final comment. Yeah.
6: This whole idea of, this
2: whole idea of Black Lives Matter was created for moments just like this because black lives have always mattered, to us at least. Mm -hmm. But if black lives truly matter, my main concern right now is what's going to happen after this video dies out, after the shock is over. Are we going to continue to be disengaged? Are we going to continue to be desensitized to what it is that we see? Are we going to continue scrolling through an article just to see whether or not the black person died? What are we going to do afterwards? And I think it's extremely incumbent upon especially all of these political hotheads that are here. I care about the babies in Syria. I care about the babies in detention centers, mm-hmm. but I also care about my black babies walking down the street that aren't allowed to just breathe or listen to go-go music mm-hmm. or go to school. Tamir Rice was 12. These boys were 13. Yes. These boys were 13. They were the next Tamir. How old was Corey and Youssef and the rest of them from New York? They were the same exact age. Mm-hmm. I have a 13-year-old little brother. And that was my brother at that moment. That was my brother, my father, my seed. That was my future, that was my past, that was everything. And there was no way in hell that they were dying by themselves. And so right now, all of this, I've been tweeting politicians. I haven't slept since Saturday night, and I've been tweeting everybody. I don't care about what you're about to do for college free, college, clearing the college debt, Bernie Sanders. I don't care. You don't care about reparations. You didn't care about the black women at the panel that were trying to speak to you. You all don't care about black trans lives. You all don't care about black boys. You don't care about the over sexualizing of black women. So when are you really going to start caring? Because you keep trying to shut us up with all lives matter. So show me, show me that all lives matter. You can't multitask. Kamala Harris can't multitask. Elizabeth Warren can't multitask. Cory Booker can't multitask. None of them can. But it's going to be cool when it's a hashtag. It's going to be cool when all of a sudden this airs on TV. And now it's, oh, my goodness, it's the hot story. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's have a town hall. Mm -hmm. Go talk to Miss Melissa Laws the mother of the little boy that's traumatized. We'll talk to the little boys that are traumatized. Talk to TAPIWA. Talk to the people on the platform that are traumatized by that. Those are the ones you need to be speaking to. Fuck your police. Fuck the other people in power that you're talking to. Get down in the goddamn gutter and talk to the people that are down there that are black, that are poor, that are hungry, that don't have the educational system, don't have the creative outlets, don't have the mental health support. Taraji P. was just talking to Congress, mm-hmm. was she not? Senate, whoever the fuck it was, come talk down here is this your city? Yeah. Wale, this is your city. Kevin Durant, this is your city. Come down to your damn city because they are killing your boys. They're killing your boys. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah.
7: Well, we appreciate, first of all, for you stepping up and doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, we will, we'll get the information uh, from you regarding your cash app. What we also would do Uh, is I will be calling uh, Kevin Washington. Kevin, was was, with the Association of Black Psychologists. He's Mm -hmm. often been on our show, uh, and I'll reach out to him, uh, as well as Dr. Jeffrey Gardier, uh, also uh, known as uh, American Psychologist. These are two folks who frequently come on our show, uh, and so what we'll do is uh, we'll definitely call them and have them uh, definitely connect with you and talk with you. Uh, that way they're not based here, but at least, uh, these are two, uh, of our, uh, strongest black, uh, psychologists. They
2: better so, be black. It's, huh? I said, yeah, they better be black. Oh, I got this. <laughs> Hold okay. on.
7: I got this. <laughs> oh, I people Hold on. I, I got, I got a list. I got, <laughs> I a, I a, I got a list of, of yeah. black psychologists. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, so, yeah, so I, so mean, I can, no, <laughs> no, you ain't got to <laughs> ask that question with me. I got that. I figured that out. Yeah. Uh, and so I, so I, I will personally hit both of them up. Uh, and then have them uh, have to reach out to you, uh, and we appreciate. uh certainly keep us up to date of what's going oh, on. We need people to tweet uh,
6: to get that get get that cop off the street. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still patrolling. He's patrolling our streets, our subways patrolling. right now. Okay. So tweet um, Metro tr- Transit Metro, and get that cop off the street.
7: All right, uh, Nene, Ms. Jones, we appreciate. It. Thank,
3: thank you. Thank you for having bucks.
7: us. Folks, going to a break. We'll be back. rolling Martin, unfiltered. Just a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, uh, they're back. Org has another great investment opportunity. If you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a lot of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company. Folks, many of you missed it, but now is a chance for you to take, take participate in this new investment opportunity that is as good, if not even better, than the last one. I'm talking about Industrial Hemp CBD. For those who don't know the hemp plant is the cousin to marijuana with a much higher concentration of cbd which means hemp cbd gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high until recently hemp farming was practically illegal in the united states and heavily regulated by the dea however the 2018 farm bill recently passed in congress making it legal to grow hemp cbd in the u.s and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide they need land to grow all of the plants, and this makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is very simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed, high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. You can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks up to $10,000. Like I said, you don't want to miss out. Folks, you can go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game and get in the game now. All right, I want to bring in uh, my panel right now. Uh, So a couple of things um, that we're going to do. First of all, let me do this here. I have a guest who's actually waiting uh, for this uh, ProPublica story dealing with the issue of opportunity zones. Uh, and so they've been waiting. was supposed to go to them about 20 minutes ago, uh, but we allowed that last conversation to go on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring that guest up right now, talk about that, and I'm going to come back with our panel to talk about the interview that we just did, the stunning uh, conversation that we just had uh, with Shamir uh, Jones uh, about what took place here in Washington, D.C., because I know they certainly want to comment on that, and so I don't want to miss it out. I- Opportunity. Uh, we, of course, we covered right here uh, on roller Martin, unfiltered, when uh, Donald Trump uh, signed his opportunity zones um, um, executive action, and so they they touted at the White House all those different things. So, people like Under Armour's Kevin Plank, one of the richest people in America and in Maryland, they're getting huge tax breaks for investments that are not new and not in a poor area. Plank's area was picked over neighborhoods that are actually poor. ProPublica had an investigation into how Trump's tax breaks are helping the rich get rich and leaving the poor poor. Joining us now is Jeff Ernsthausen, a data reporter for for ProPublica. Jeff, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
7: Uh, I had one of the folks who was at the White House when this actually first was announced, a guy from Baltimore, uh, an African-American, and I said, I said, I will, we will cover this. I said, but I want to make sure that this is actually helping poor folks and not allowing some rich folks to get by when it comes to being able to make more money. What did y'all discover about Under Armour, their CEO, and the Opportunity Zone there in Baltimore?
1: So our reporting found that uh, Kevin Plank, Under Armour's CEO, uh, was able to uh, get a program or get a project that he's building in Baltimore called Port Covington uh, to be in an area that would qualify for uh, a huge tax break under Trump's tax law. Uh, and this was even though the census tract that he's building in is actually too wealthy to qualify for the program. Um, we found that it was made eligible ultimately by a mistake on the part of the US Treasury in mapping out what tracks could be included. Um, and then it was picked by Maryland Governor Larry Hogan's administration, uh, even though we found emails suggesting that they were aware that it was too wealthy to be included in the program, um, and they did so after meeting with uh, Plank's representatives and lobbyists. So
7: they uh, knew they would, knew beforehand. They knew beforehand it was too wealthy to qualify, and they went ahead with it anyway.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have an email showing that a member of. Hogan's staff um, sent himself a sort of note uh, saying that the area was too wealthy to qualify. Um, And then several weeks later, when they saw this revision from Treasury, um, they went ahead and included it anyway um, after meeting with Plank's folks.
7: So so what what oversight does Treasury have to ensure that poor tracts are actually getting the investment and this kind of crap is not happening?
1: So, I mean, Treasury, you know, ultimately, I think they had to approve the selection by governors. But basically, they put out their list and governors could choose 25 percent of the eligible tracks at their own discretion um, and uh, without any further guidance for what they had to do other than you know, pick from the list.
7: And what's what's stunning here again, and this is what I warn people. Uh, I warned them on this. I said, because if it's going to the right people, I got no problem with it. And this is the concern that many people have with these opportunity zones where where it's, it will be manipulated in order for rich folks to be able to help folks like themselves and not the poor folks. Supposedly, uh, it's going to help. Now, since your story, how has Treasury responded? How has Governor Larry Hogan responded? Uh,
1: so we have not heard from Governor Larry Hogan or uh, from Treasury since the story came out. Obviously, we went to them with our findings before we ran the story. Um, and uh, Hogan's folks uh, reiterated that they're big supporters of the Port Covington uh, program. and They also pointed us towards Treasury for this issue of why it qualified treasury said you know we made a technical decision um even though i i mentioned to them that experts say it was actually an error and they sort of just stood by that
7: so what happens now he gets the tax breaks and to screw the poor
1: well it's not clear exactly how the the manner in which he's going to benefit i mean one of them is going to be that he's going to be Uh, ultimately selling some of this area off to other people and and with this new tax break those uh, you can imagine folks might be a bit more eager to buy in that area
7: this is exactly the kind of shady crap that i warn people about i had all of these republicans hitting me up you won't give Donald trump any credit for doing anything this is going to help black people this is clear specifically in this project it is not going to help the folks who are impoverished in those areas is going to line the pockets of a billionaire even further. Yeah, there's, there's,
1: there's no particular requirement within the law that the the people who live in an area that receives investment um, necessarily benefit from it. You know, the theory that they are going with is that, you know, money coming into an area is good for the area. Um, I think if the, if the law includes better, um, regulations around transparency, maybe we'll be able to ultimately assess what the impact was someday.
7: Jeff, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for the fine work ProPublica does. Uh, You guys do a great job, and uh, we'll keep following this story. Uh, Be sure to let us know uh, the next report you do on these Opportunity Zones, and we'll have you back.
1: All right.
7: Thanks for having me. All right, then let's bring in our panel right now. Teresa Lundy, she's the founder, principal, uh, principal founder of TML Communications. She joins us via Skype. Uh, Malik Abdul, vice president, Black Conservative Federation. Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies, University of Maryland. Jason, I'm going to start with you. Uh, well, first, let's talk about that last three opportunity zones. I kept warning people. <laughs> I said, I said, I will give anybody credit if something is work working like it's supposed to. There's no reason in the world why the Trump Treasury Department and Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland should not cancel this right now because it does not qualify for these opportunity zones.
5: Absolutely, and as a matter of fact, by getting all these tax breaks, just like you know, people made the argument with uh, with um, Amazon in New York, they're actually robbing the people of Baltimore and robbing the people of Maryland. Uh, in an opportunity zone, there's there are plenty of places in Baltimore City that need development, that could use the help of Kevin Plank. Uh, Kevin Plank, you know, a fellow Terp. Uh, There's plenty of places, you know, in West Baltimore, in East Baltimore. uh, But his area, Port Covington in South Baltimore, is an area that is not poor, doesn't need that significant level of investment, uh, and this isn't necessarily going to help the people that need it. And again, the Trump administration always, you know, kind of says that they're going to do things, but then gives a little wink.
0: Malik? Well, I, I, I don't know what happened in Baltimore, um, here in D.C., and I can speak for... No
7: hold on. We're discussing this this particular story. Right. ProPublica has broken it down, that this is, this is not, did, did not qualify. The governor, Larry Hogan of Maryland, his office knew this was not uh, uh, right. It was not in the right census track, and the Treasury Department went ahead and approved it anyway.
0: Yep. This
7: is wrong.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can't speak to what happened in Baltimore. But I'm asking you about what happened in Baltimore. Well, I, I don't know, so you're asking me about something that I don't know why those decisions were made No, 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 I'm not, no, no, I'm not
7: asking you about why those decisions were made. What I'm saying is here we have ProPublica, through their reporting, mm-hmm. they discovered the emails showing what they knew this did not qualify, that the, mm-hmm. that the track was too rich isn't this the kind of crap that should not be happening there should be much better oversight to ensure that if, it's too, if a track is too rich, they shouldn't be getting the tax breaks on the opportunity zones, yes or no?
0: Absolutely. And I, I don't disagree with that. All but right, I'm going great. to give you an example of where those opportunity zones have actually worked. Here, no. in, the, no. here in the District of Columbia, I, I, our mayor, our I mean, well, we're going to talk about opportunity zones, so I want to talk about the opportunity zones. No, no, zone we're program. talking about this specific right. story. So I'm giving and, you an example. What I, this is a bad example. This is where opportunity zones did not work. Okay, I'm a, okay Malik, but Malik, hold on, Malik. Malik, de- Malik, one second, Malik, 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 Malik. One second. No, 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 Malik. One
7: second. One second. Let's be real clear, okay? I've covered this. Yes, mm-hmm. we know there are places where things work. We're specifically talking about a case where it has failed, and mm-hmm. no one has made a move. Hogan's administration will not comment, okay? The Treasury Department, Steve Manukin, they would not comment, and what I'm saying is that's wrong. What should happen?
0: Well, you, we've already had agreement that that was actually wrong. I don't. No, I'm asking I you what I should disagree. happen. I, I mean, I don't know what happened these, in these type of situations. If they need to, if the zones need to be re-design, redesignated or whatever, then that's something that we should do. No, the zones I, are
7: already identified based upon poverty. I, you're
0: asking me about. I don't know about that part of the program. Well, I can tell you what should happen. I can tell you here in the District of Columbia where it actually worked. they are 24-hour mayor, and I don't know if it happens at the mayoral level in Baltimore or the, the the governor is actually responsible for it, but here in the District Dude, of no, Columbia, the but here in District of Columbia, and, and our, but here in the District of Columbia, But first of all, if I, I was mayor, the District of Columbia is no state, well, so it has to be the mayor. So our mayor designated 24 opportunity zones, 24 opportunity zone tracks in the city. Our mayor did. 24, no, 18 of those 24 opportunity zones are located in areas where I live, which is east of the river. Yes, Which example, which Which likely that, means, which likely means that in which likely means that in Washington D.C.
7: they actually followed the law. Yeah, and, they and, absolutely and did. And so. Gotcha. So, so, what saying, the I, so what I'm saying, so I'm saying is, it doesn't for, work. Or this for, is something that's. Oh my God, Teresa. Teresa, let me go to you. I'll give you an so, Teresa, you
0: let me go to you. Because no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, Malik. No, I am telling you, you're wrong. Well, according to no, 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 Mo, Malik, D- no, no, D- 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 no, Let me tell I'm you right why you're wrong No, I am, right disagree- no, you're no about I am not No, disagree- Malik I am not disagreeing Yes, Malik why, why we're discussing
7: Baltimore. Baltimore Because that's the story subject Absolutely. It's like we go I on show. I Teresa, don't agree with what a show here's the issue And I'm asking what should be done Teresa, here's a piece The governor of Maryland, Republican Maybe that's why you don't want to criticize him Teresa, the reality is here governor of Maryland needs to have the guts to say you are not going to get the tax breaks because you're in violation. They knew in advance they should have the guts to answer the calls of ProPublica, and the same with the Trump Treasury Department.
4: Absolutely. Governor Hogan does owe a responsibility to his Commonwealth um, and also the, uh, the constituents that are in his district, and also to anyone who is applying for Opportunity Zones because we can't have, you know, this opportunity zone that's for the poor, but yet the rich are benefiting. Otherwise, we go back into corruption, we go back into um, the non-commitment of promises that are made from the Trump administration. But as I see opportunity zones, you know, living in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are an opportunity indeed for those, you know, uh, in communities that need it the most. We There has to be some oversight for the overall approach um in order to
7: make it whole jason and jason this is why every single opportunity zone every single deal that is made should be completely scrutinized to ensure you do not have rich folks taking advantage of a
5: law designed to help poor people absolutely and, th- and one of the things that we know is that kevin plank is an fot he's a friend of trump we know that he was what? a, he oh, was now a Trump, though, gosh, good grief. Seriously, we're talking about the Trump administration. We're talking about Trump's. <laughs> but you didn't want to hear a good example of department. that actually happening. We're talking. because it didn't fit your narrative.
0: Yeah. I understand. All right, hold right, right. no. on. Let's
7: not do that. Yeah. Hold, let, it. hold, hold it. on. on, on, on hold on, on. No, no, no. Let's be real. No, let's be real clear. No, let's be real clear. There is only one narrative. There's one. There's one narrative. No, no. The narrative is if it helps those who are supposed to help, good. But where, the, but where but there is an it's example not where it doesn't, so we're going to call, call it out. Kevin go ahead. So because go ahead. Kevin Flank
5: is a friend of Donald Trump. Somehow, when you call the Treasury Department, they're like, well, you know, and, and they don't want to answer phone calls. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm incorrect. But I think it sounds like someone's getting a sweetheart deal because they know someone. That's the point that that's I'm making. What it well, like.
0: well, of course, it, I mean that's a convenient argument to make. Oh, but of course, I get. Okay, stop. Stop. Okay, that wasn't what I okay, was debating,
7: That wasn't what I was debating, Malik. Give me another ar- rationale. you think why Kevin Plank? Got the sweetheart deal. Well, I don't have. Another e- r- Even though I don't have the another documentation r- shows, I don't, I don't
0: have another rationale. I would. I was assuming maybe somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. So that's the a break. point But, but, but you But you're making this a Trump <laughs> yeah. administration thing when it's not. a Because Trump administration we're talking about the Trump there Treasury Department. People, there are wealthy people who are benefiting from the same opportunity zone program in D.C. where it seems to be actually working. So this notion that somehow well, ma- well, wealthy people well, well, won't well, benefit well, maybe, from a program where well, they're maybe, investing money well, maybe the in the program. Just maybe the difference it's because it's, it's maybe the difference
7: is because you got a black Democratic mayor in, Balton, D.C. Who, had, I, in Baltimore, DC. I'm not done. Too. No, I'm not. Hold up. See, this is see this is why sometimes you should not write checks your ass can't no, had
0: Because you listen, no, had you listened, no. Had you listened,
7: no. Had you listened, no. Had you listened, no. Had you listened, no. Had you listened, Malik? Had you listened, Malik? You would have, Malik. You would have recognized that Hogan's office approved it. Right, well, so, right. So and
0: so, and... So no, he's the governor. The mayor. He's sorry, the, governor, governor. the governor. The governor, but... To, so the mayor of Baltimore had no say-so in the opportunity pro opportunity zone within their own Malik, city? Read,
7: read the article, well, is that a yes or a no? Malik, read the, the, the mayor article. Had, hold on, right, no, no, stop right, hold on. Let's not write this. Malik, had you read the story? Yes, I did. Okay, well, I don't say why you didn't
0: have any involvement in it. Okay, anyway... It didn't say I didn't have
5: any involvement in it. This doesn't feature narrative. It didn't say... It's real simple. It didn't say Malik didn't have any involvement One second,
0: so I guess folks, this to it, of I, I can, to, all, to all the
7: folks watching at home, I guess you were part of it because to all of those watching at home, the absence the of, the of evidence. Show. To all, all of you watching, I got it. To all of you, you watching, this is very simple. This is called deflection. The fact of the matter is this here. The fact I'm talking right now. The fact of the matter is this. This is very simple. The fact of the matter is this. ProPublica has a story outlining how a billionaire in Maryland mm-hmm. is taking advantage of opportunity zones that are supposed to go to poor tracks. They knew it ahead of time. And the governor of Maryland, Republican Larry Hogan, his administration allowed it to go through the treasury department under Steve Mnuchin, working for Republican Donald Trump allowed it to go through. All we're saying is very simple is that if you are in violation of the very rules you set up then you should not be getting a tax break that's what you should be doing i don't have to deflect and bring up dc or houston or charlotte or st St. louis to say this is wrong and when ProPublica finds the next one we're going to talk about that one as well Uh, (laughs) therese i do want to go back to uh shamir jones a young woman who just uh, talked to us about this case in dc And this is the thing that that I think white folks have no clue about. That black folks, when you talk about the levels of stress in terms of dealing with racism, white folks don't have to walk around and then wonder if I need to record. White folks don't have to walk around and wonder if if I'm just going to get snatched uh, for doing something that I wasn't involved. They actually, white folks get to live their lives totally different from black people here you have this sister who is traumatized by it the young brothers who are traumatized by it the brother who spent two days in in jail traumatized by it and we have these cops who still walk around walk around on the force and this is why black folks are fed up with this systematic uh breakdown of policing in this country
4: And I think we're beyond fed up at this point. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the first half of the show um, with our sister because she really uh, embodied exactly what the African-American tone was for this entire situation. Not only was she there, she was uh, also making sure that the um, young man was okay because, honestly, he was left alone. He was left alone. He was left in a jail cell for two days. Um, You know, if it wasn't for her, that narrative from the police department would have just went viral. And I think, you know, even when she was on the show, she spoke a lot about her passion, but more so you still saw her trembling. And so the young young lady next to her, who was uh, an organizer for Black Lives Matter in D.C., was very instrumental in making sure that she stayed on message and on point. And I'll tell you why that's important. Because coming on a digital show and a podcast of of this magnitude, we, as in the public, just need to make sure we get all that information out so we can have these dialogues and also uh, appreciate next steps. But again, more has to be done. More has to be done legally. More has to be done uh, municipality, and more so federal. So what do we need? What do we need to do to change? That is the conversation for the ages. But. Going back to why white people are comfortable, that's because we've allowed them to be comfortable. We've allowed them to gentrify our neighborhoods. We've allowed them to come in and, and move grandma out the house and take away the flower pot and, and and put a bike rack. And we haven't said anything. Our voices have been silenced. But I think right now, in this day and age, hopefully the, the fed upness, Um, actually turns into solutions. And I think if we do it collectively instead of individually, we'll make that happen.
7: Jason, um, it was difficult to listen to her tell the story describing all those things that happened. Um, Again, this is the reality of Black people in this country. There are hundreds of Shamir Jones across this country uh, and uh, the brother in Chicago who was reciting the law to the cop. uh, And again, we just want to live like everybody else. But the bottom line is we, 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 we got to know the law. We got to record stuff. We got to always have our phones charged, all that sort of stuff, just to walk, just to get on a subway.
5: And I think one of, the, one of the things that we have to understand is because of things like this, this is what makes a lot of, uh, you know, I hate to group all white people together, but this is what makes many white people think that they can weaponize the police against black people. This is what makes them think, well, I call the police. They're my personal protectors or personal, you know, uh, strong arm. And, you know, if you're selling water and I don't like it or if you're doing something else and I don't like it, I can weaponize them against African-American people. The other thing that I would say is that, you know, uh, it was no, you know, it it was definitely jarring to hear what the sister said. Um, But it was also, you know, pretty conspicuous that we had two women up here and that women have been the people who are really fighting these fights whether it's in black lives matter or in a lot of other organizations so you know we have to give a shout out to a lot of these sisters who unfortunately some of them are becoming you know modern day Mamie Till's well, well
7: you had the two women up here but you had the brother who was, yeah. who was the one who was trying to intervene to talk to the cops as well Absolutely. so you had both of those going Malik
0: thank god for Shamir Um, You know, I live in DC. So nothing about this video really surprised me You know, I sometimes try to get it in on this show when we're talking about things that are happening nationally And I mentioned the things that are happening in DC This is just yet another example of such I've seen so many similar videos in DC The challenge is of course and I'm sure the um, young lady with black lives matter would agree Is that there isn't any national support when things like this happen in DC? We probably won't see this story anywhere else national media probably won't cover it you will cover it well first but- of all
7: na- let's well, be let's be real clear national media uh likely is not going to cover this story unless somebody was killed
0: mm. mm-hmm. so, i mean let's just be real clear mm-hmm.
7: you have white media executives who if someone was shot and killed and it rose to the level of outrage oh, yeah. then they will cover it they're not going to have shamir on to tell her story yeah. which is why yeah. this show matters yeah because uh, the, the thing is, this cop, Teresa, he is still patrolling. There, any any supervisor watching this video, any supervisor watching this video, the mayor, anybody watching it <laughs> should say when that cop jumped in and he immediately put his hands on that brother, they should say, no, no, your butt's off the streets. Yep. But they are still, and that's and, and this is the problem we have.
4: I think the traditional recourse is to suspend the clock uh, for a few days, and there's no consequences. He's back to work on desk duty, mm-hmm. or the other alternative is uh, they kind of just put put them um, in another um, you know area of working. Mm-hmm. But what really needs to happen is we need to get on where it hurts, and that's the pension. Mm-hmm. I have always been an advocate of making sure that the FOP holds their own as it holds their own accountable. Um, And apparently, since they can't do it, you know, by just taking their badge, because essentially if uh, that cop that we saw, he can just move to another city um, or another township and be back on the streets doing the same exact thing. So I say, um, and I think um, more legislators probably should get on board, uh, is to make sure that the pension has um, some sort of consequences. Because when you continuously attack the people that you are supposed to protect and serve, you also put the public at a um, at a disservice. So right. I think. You know more legislation
0: needs to happen in regards to that all right yeah yeah i just wanted to mention that robert white um i think at one point you were going to have him on the show but he had to reschedule but robert white our council member at large council member actually um, wrote a letter and so he's calling for an actual uh, hearing on these practices these police practices and i and, it, and it, it bears repeating in this case this was a transit cop this wasn't even police
7: this was a transit well cop. here's the deal if you walk around with a gun uh, yeah, uh the, first good. of all, remember, um, they them, they remember a man was killed in Bart, uh, right. uh, uh, the story of Fruitville station, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Grant. Grant. Yeah, okay. Oscar killed Grant. by a transit cop. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is if you got a gun mm-hmm. and a badge, you That's a correct. cop. So I don't make the distinction between transit cop or Metro cop. You a cop where somebody could end up dead as a result of your ridiculous actions. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Uh, Augustine Tolton was born to slavery in Missouri in 1854 He escaped to freedom as a child during the Civil War and later became the first African-American priest in the Roman Catholic Church. He is now set to become the first black saint. Joining us now on Skype to talk about Tolton's path to sainthood is Bishop Shelton J. Uh, Forbear, a chaplain for the Knights of Peter Claver. The Knights of Peter Claver is the largest historically African-American catholic lay organization in the united states uh and bishop hopefully i got you uh, pronounce your last name correct close enough it's like bob with an f bob but you did good uh say it again was to pronounce it fob fob gotcha all right, right then well first of all uh I, i'm quite familiar with kpc uh because uh i was uh, i was born and raised catholic and i was a junior knight my grandfather was in was in kpc my grandmother was uh, of course uh, she was, uh, the, uh, uh head of her branch, uh, auxiliary about Good. 40 plus years. So I'm quite familiar uh, with KPC, but, uh, tell us about how, um, uh, Augustine is, is, uh, what did he do to move towards sainthood?
3: Well, you know, God is the one who makes saints and the church just recognizes that Augustus Tolton, as you rightly said, is, uh, and first African-American priest, clearly African-American priest. He was a very, very holy man. He was born into slavery, and his family escaped. He went on to study in Rome and was fluent in Italian and studied Latin and Greek, so he was a very intelligent young man. He was ordained a priest in Rome, and Father Augustus expected to be sent to Africa, but... Uh, the leadership in Rome sent him back to the United States back home to Illinois and he was a priest in Quincy, Illinois, to rave reviews an outstanding preacher. He later went on to serve in Chicago as a priest naturally at the time uh, racism was a very big part of his suffering and life he he was um, uh, in many many ways knew great great suffering as as a black priest because of racism but he loved the people whom he served he was an outstanding preacher there were many caucasian people who went to hear his preaching he lived a very holy life and pope francis recently recognized that and raised him to the rank of what we call venerable so we can now ask augustus tolton to please pray for us just as we would ask any friend to pray for us Now, the next step for him would be a miracle, a miraculous uh, healing or something like that that would be attributed to, you know, the intercession of Augustus Tolton. He would be beatified, which is a step to being declared a saint, and then after beatification, another miracle would make him a saint, and he would be the first African-American saint uh, in the church. So... It's a wonderful thing that pope francis has done and certainly augustus tolton is a man whose humility and a man whose virtue and a man whose perseverance we would want to imitate as well as his great love for christ what does this mean for black catholics specifically i think it's great you know i think it's it's one of our own that the church is considered raising to the altars, as it is said, the first African-American saint. There are many other black saints, Saint Martin de Porres, Saint uh, Josephine Baquita but this would be the first African-American uh, Catholic saint. So I think it's a sign of the fact that African-American Catholics are in this country. We are a part of the church and we have been and are known for our sanctity and how wonderful it would be to have someone formally recognize that That this african-american man who struggled with a lot amongst the things racism nonetheless loved the lord and did great things and so i think he's a real model not only for african-american catholics but for all catholics which is hopefully when he's canonized he will be lifted up as a model for all catholics across the world but this process and what pope francis has done is a time of great rejoicing for black Catholics and African-American Catholics. All right, Bishop Bob, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And
7: say uh, please say hello to all of my KPC uh, friends. i got tons of family who are still in KPC. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I will do that. Thank you. All right, folks. Let's talk about uh, the story. This is an interesting story. The brother who is the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, Masai jury. remember after the Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors in Oakland to win the NBA title, a cop says that the jury actually pushed him when he refused to show his credential to get onto the floor. Well, a witness has come forward to say that the cops are lying about their altercation with the GM. Again, he was accused of striking the Alameda County Sheriff's deputy during an altercation at Oracle Theater. Now, that cop—first of all, I'm show, yeah, watch the video. Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> Now, that's one of the videos. There was another video where you actually see the cop in the video. I'm going to try to find that one. And what's interesting is that the cop then tried to say that, oh, my goodness, he suffered a concussion. He was unable to go to work. And they were defending him. Well, guess what? They've now come forward to admit that your jury did not hit him or push him. Teresa, they should fire his ass. They should fire the, the, li- the lying cop.
4: On the spot. And, but again, this is an ongoing precedent when it comes to some police officers, not all of them, but some police officers, where they put out a statement, and if we don't have the video, if we don't have the audio footage, if we don't have a, a two or four other people because one ain't enough anymore to stand by you know, the word of others, this man could have lost his job, his endorsement, you know, everything that he's worked hard for, from, you know, probably came from the hood and worked his way up to the league. But all that could have been lost in an instant. So I'm glad that we did have our protections. Uh, you know, in the Bible, they say put on the full armor of God. You pretty much need that in public nowadays. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, justice will serve in this case
7: uh what was real interesting uh jason and i'm trying to pull it up right now is that the cow tried to say oh uh he didn't produce produce his cred- credential but there was uh uh there was someone else though who was backstage who was uh, backstage with you jury and there's video mm-hmm. of you jury in fact go to my ipad go to my ipad folks <laughs> you're about to see in his right hand once he hugs somebody watch what you're about to see jason you see his credential on his right wrist so here you have video first the cop says i i come we're done i asked for his credential he refused he refused to produce it It's on his wrist. You think somehow he walked to the floor and took his credential off and threw it? No. He knew the rules. In order to get on the floor, you got to have your credential. I've covered NBA games. The only way
5: I can walk on the floor, I can't walk on the floor, I can walk around the floor with a press credential. I know this. Right. Um, You know, I I don't don't think there's any defense that you can really give for this officer. The worst part, though, to me, is that he lied. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, you oh, not just lie. I've got a concussion. Right. My right. jaw. Oh, I can't work. Right? I mean, you know, I, I will say this just generally. <laughs> you know, police officers are human. they can make mistakes, but you can't lie about it. There's no excuse for a lie. That's when you start getting fired. At any other uh, place of employment, if you lie and they are able to prove that you've lied, then you should be terminated. So I think this, this officer saying that he's got a concussion, that there was no uh, credential produced or all these kinds of things, these uh, are things that, you know, uh, I think are fireable offenses. I love this one
7: here, um, uh, Malik. Um, video footage uh, showed Ujuri uh, retaliated by striking the deputy in the face with two fists. One of which landed underneath his jaw on the left side of his face and the body camera on the deputy switched off once jury made contact. Right. Well, they- Here's what actually I think happened. <sighs> the cops stood out there. Our guy got hit. We're launching an investigation. Then they went, Uh-oh. oh shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, the video, the body cam video shows our cop was lying. Yeah. And they now admit your jury did have his credential, I guarantee you, and this is why the whole deal with Pete Buttigieg in South Bend, in, in Indiana is important, why the cameras need to always be working mm-hmm. so we can hear and see what the cop does, I guarantee you, they played that video and went, our guy was lying. Damn, now we got to see and apologize.
0: Yeah, And I think, I actually think I saw a video of him being on the floor where it was someone who was shooting from an angle. You can actually see him on the floor with the actual credentials in, yeah. in his hand. So it was no confusion. And also, the sheriff's office
7: now also confirms that your jury told the deputy what his role with the team was before the confrontation.
0: No, this is all
7: because of the body camera. Yeah. This is all they went back and saw the body cam like damn and
0: and that and that's what power that's what power does That's what the power that we actually give to our law enforcement. You know, it encourages this type of behavior he lied it's no confusion about the fact that he lied and he should be relieved of his duties as a police officer. I mean, we I keep telling y'all, we know that I keep telling yeah. y'all these lying
7: damn cops, these lying cops. <laughs> I'm sorry. The moment you lie, you're late. You got to go the job. Folks, and comedian Bill Cosby was finally awarded the opportunity to file his appeal with the Superior Court of Pennsylvania, the appeal says the judge allowed testimony from other women accusers. It wasn't relevant. Cosby's lawyers say the accounts from the five other women were strikingly fam- dissimilar to that of trial accuser, Andrea Constant, and too remote in time for her 2014 encounter with Bill Cosby. Okay, y'all, uh, you know, I, I really, ma- matter of fact, you know what, could y'all go ahead and play, I was supposed to do this with another story, uh, could y'all play the crazy as why people stinger? I I, I I think this earns that, that distinction. Can y'all go ahead and play it? Get it ready for me. The are
3: I'm, not I'm white. Right. I got you, girl. Yeah, I'm um, illegally selling water with
2: our permit on I'm my property. property.
4: Hey! Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm uncomfortable.
7: Okay, y'all. So, who is this week's contestant? Bill O'Reilly. So just the other day, of course, you know, last week they had the hearings on Capitol Hill about reparations. Well, Bill O'Reilly, you know, the man who sexually harassed numerous women, had to pay out $32 million in settlements as a result. Bill decided to weigh in on the issue of reparations. Bill O'Reilly sent this tweet out. Please pull it up. Slaving reparations is a far left favorite Because it does a number of things. It reinforces the radical belief that the United States was founded by racist white men who installed a system whereby white guys would run everything and blacks, women and others would be exploited. um bill you you do know that's actually what the hell happened you 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 do know when the constitution was created and they were writing the declaration of independence and they were writing all of them all of them wonderful little fly you know everybody created with a little rights all men are created equal all men are created equal they were actually not talking about black men you do know when, when the laws were put in place that allowed slavery, white folks weren't slaves. You, you do know that those laws were on the books. You, you do know that the Supreme Court actually invalidated one of the Civil Rights Act by saying that not only uh, was it wrong for what Congress did, the Supreme Court even ruled that Congress could not even pass a law to stop Jim Crow, you, you 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 do know all that stuff happened. You you are familiar with the Dred Scott decision. You you are familiar with Plessy v. Ferguson. I mean, you 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 do know that. I mean, you do know that those same white men had slaves, including the first president George Washington, including Thomas Jefferson. You do know. All, I'm just trying to understand um did you get punched by the toronto general manager's um gm and (laughs) suffer concussion and you somehow forgot those
5: things i'm just trying to
7: understand exactly what uh school you went to now y'all now this is the same bill o'reilly who actually writes so-called history books which clearly means that somebody else is writing the books all he's doing is putting his name on the books, y'all. This is why uh, people like Bill O'Reilly have no business uh, having even, even having a television show. See, this is the sort of the nonsense that you see that emanates from people like him, and of course, all the folks who follow him on the Fox News. When you listen to Laura Ingram and listen to Tucker Carlson and all those folks, I mean, literally say stuff, and you go, "What world?" are y'all living in i i I could not even give you a list of books to somehow prove that what he said is wrong i mean i don't have to i mean it's kind of there i mean it's sort of like right there the 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 laws are there i mean i dare say the biggest member of the kkk would like david duke probably would say damn bill you stupid (laughs) I mean, that's how unbelievably asinine
0: yeah.
7: Bill O'Reilly is. So, Bill, just do all of us a favor, okay? Sure. Take all of the money that you have, that you kept uh, after putting your hands on all these women and, of course, leaving them sexually charged voicemails, uh, the woman who worked for your show. And remember you talking about, what's that shower thing? Uh, it's, it's not a, what they call it thing? It's not a, pol- a pol- it's not for the for no, it's, it's whatever the, you know. It was, it was a loofah. There you go. <laughs> Bill was talking about what he wanted to do with her with a loofah. Why, why? don't you just go sit your ass in a corner somewhere, uh, and just and just keep all the millions you've earned on radio and at Fox News and stop tweeting? Because you clearly are dumb as hell, and just allow us to deal with the stupidity of the people who followed you. I mean, just stop, please, mm. for the sake of people with brains. Mm, mm. And in fact, Bill you're embarrassing white people i mean i'm sure there's somebody white going damn can we trade him in in the in the in the in the lottery can we trade him in can we pick up clarence thomas for bill o'reilly i'm just saying i'm just saying you know clarence thomas you know he ain't got a problem with black people getting kicked off juries i don't know what in the hell to make of these folks this week I, i really don't get it um you know, when y'all got an next conservative convention, what, what you gonna do, Malik? Um, <laughs> when Bill and Clarence show up?
0: What well, f- Bill, Bill does not need to show up at all. Bill, what Bill said is ridiculous. It 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 aligns with no history that we know of here in the Just, United States at all. And this is one of those situations where, you know, in in this case, he's a conservative saying things to preach to a choir. Who should be just silent on things that really when we're talking about race uh, I, he literally makes no sense in what he's saying I, To say that this country was not founded by rape, by racist people and you it, Jason I, you, you teach yeah, I, we weren't yeah, even, you know. full, even
5: we weren't even, even full I mean, people in the Constitution right <laughs> we I mean that not, not even I mean so how I mean, women work? couldn't vote until 1920 you know no, I mean white women couldn't vote yeah white white women um you know, the thing is, this I, I've actually found this tweet to be very alarming. I, I was like, like, it was funny at first, and then I was like, yo, this is alarming. Because as you said, he's got all these books, killing Lincoln, killing this one, killing Thomas Jefferson. He has all these books, and people consume them, thinking they're getting real history. You know, oh, uh, no. him, you have Dinesh Souza,
7: who literally uh, out there, Jason Teresa, who is tweeting constantly saying Republicans never own slaves. And Kevin Cruz, a white historian, is dropping the receipts, and they're like, no, it happened. I mean, it's and what they're doing, Teresa, they are literally creating this alternative universe, mm-hmm. these alternative facts. Yep. And you got white folks running around. No, know, retweeting them and repeating it (laughs) because they act as if...
5: Dinesh D'Souza won't respond to my tweets. I mean, (laughs) it's
7: just... That, that to me, is how crazy it is Mm -hmm. because these people actually going, yeah, say it, Dinesh, and I'm like, y'all, he's a dumbass. Yeah, he's an
5: idiot.
7: When I first
4: saw that tweet, the two words that stood out to me was radical belief because when you even mention the word radical, it means extreme or something drastic. So for Bill O'Reilly not to have any concern about what's real and what actually happened and for it to be a far left decision, you know, for Democrats to stand on, it's very alarming, especially for someone who has won such a huge profile um, of followers, who has spoken at so many um, institutions and organizations post his uh, release. Um, and, and, and it just really, you know, it really does come down to what you said, Roland, as in the alternative history, you know, and what does that history that, you know, people are trying to change or are not trying to bring up, you know, what is this new history? So it's a lot of questions here. Um, and I hope, you know, this was a, a learning experience and I hope we're, we're keeping this, keeping all these tweets. He you ain't know, a damn us, bad, 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 Because these people can't be forgotten. We can't. We can't not mention. You know, these influential uh, individuals and celebrities who you know have an impact on a larger society. Twitter should have been sending him an actual, you know, suspension button. For his, for his inaccuracy and his
7: ignorance on history and let me and let me say this here and first of all this was the second tweet this is even more laughable it also suggests that personal responsibility does not count when the legacy of slavery dropped a curtain of oppression on the black race and there's no recovering from that the radical left says our society remains unjust to this day forget personal responsibility lord y'all but let me say this here Let me go ahead and say this here. There are some people who are watching me right now, and people who are likely tweeting your posting on Facebook and Periscope and YouTube. And you're likely saying, Roland, you're giving these people too much attention. And then y'all, because y'all tell me the same thing when I smack down Candace Owens. Here's why Bill O'Reilly has 3 million Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. And I keep telling y'all. This is why I don't allow lies to be stated on this show, and I I can't let it go by. Because if somebody is watching, they go, bro, didn't say nothing, so clearly what so-and-so said must be true.
0: Mm -hmm.
7: This is why you have to push back, because here's the deal. Let me be real clear with y'all. Mainstream media allowed Donald Trump to lie for decades, to lie about his wealth, to lie about his deal-making, to lie about everything. What happened? Where did he end up? He became president president of the United States. See, this is what happens when you don't push back on liars. Because then they can lie and people go, well, no one said anything. It must not be true. He must be true. It must be correct. (laughs) No, that can't happen. And so in this show, we are always going to call out the liars. That's why I use hashtag Trump Lies Matter. That's why when Candace Owens started lying running her mouth and when Charlie Kirk started tweeting some nonsense and lying, I'm going to call him out every time because Donald Trump is the example of what happens when you allow liars to gain a foothold and then the lie about them becoming being successful and rich and brilliant and smart and the greatest deal maker, then idiots fall for it and vote for fools like that for president. Hashtag, we tried to tell you. All right, folks, on tomorrow's show, we're gonna deal with, uh, y'all seen the viral video, I retweeted this, of the two sisters who were at a pool in Maryland, and this white dude decides to call the cops and follow them for a mile. Well, he's apologizing, trying to defend himself on Twitter, and then he's trying to use the cover because he's gay, Mm, that ain't gonna work it ain't gonna work we were gonna have the sister on the show today uh but she couldn't do it we're gonna try to have her on the show tomorrow again we want to hear her story as to what happened again when they were poolside just enjoying themselves enjoying the pool having some drinks and then one of these crazy ass white folks decided to follow them for a mile and also a lot of people they walked by never stopped to help them while this fool behind them that's tomorrow right here on roland martin unfiltered uh she's gonna be on the show tomorrow okay folks here's the other deal i need y'all to support what we do uh of course we have great sponsors i appreciate them but we also need you to join our fan club because the reality is this that conversation with shamir jones it's not going to happen anywhere else. That's why this show matters. And so we want you to go to our, go to unfiltered.com Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to make this show possible to do those type of stories. Uh, I know we could easily do a podcast up along those lines, but we need to have our own show and speaking to our issues. There's no show like this in America. None. Some people, they might pop on for once a week or twice a week. We're on every single day speaking truth to power and letting folks know that our stories need to be told. So I want you guys, our goal is to get 1,000 new fan club members by uh, the end of uh, June. Uh, Frankly, we're about 700 short. That's right, 700, sure. About 300 people have joined us this so far this month. Go to Uh And then, of course, we, uh, we honor our uh, members every single Friday by rolling their names uh, on the show. If you have given and you have not gotten your discount code for products on our website, then send us an email. We'll get that to you immediately after we check to see if you paid. All right, folks. Again, we had a great show. Let me thank Teresa, Jason, Malik for joining us today. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here. Roland Martin unfiltered, unapologetically black every single day, five days a week. Holler!